Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I'm Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodid Kifle-Smith, a creative on a mission to make sure that the voices of women are heard. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. On today's episode, we have Sahai Getu, and she joins us from Stockholm, Sweden. Sahai is a passionate chef who has a platform called Sahai's Kitchen, where she shares her love for food and culture. Sahai, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you. We have so looked forward to talking with you. Given what you are doing now in your life, I wonder when did your love for cooking begin? I never thought I would be a chef because I'm more was passionate about fashion and clothing. And I came from a background of family. My dad, he had shoe factory. So growing up, my mom was a great chef uh, in the household. So, but I've never gotten a chance to cook because I grew up, up, up among us, five boys. I was the only girl. So the most important part in the household was education. So I was not even allowed to come close to the kitchen. So only like when it's holidays, I was allowed only to come and watch when my mom and her friends, people cook. And then not only that, I think you observe a lot in your brain what you watch as a child. And my parents were entertainer. We had like parties at home. They would cook for days. And I moved from Ethiopia to Sweden as a young age. I was in high school. So I moved here and I stayed with Swedish family. Then even like, you know, never thought I'm going to start cooking. I ate whatever they gave me. When I moved to the U.S., that's when things start shifting, change, because everything that I ate, I didn't like. The meat, the water, everything. Like, I mean, here in Sweden, I think they're so good when it comes to their food. So when I moved from back home here, at least the food was close. So I didn't like, it was a little bit different, but I was okay with it. So I have no clue how to cook. So I would call my mom, you know, ask my mom how this and this and this. And but and then I start cooking, you know, as I go, I start becoming good and good. And I start cooking for my brothers. I have five wonderful brothers. I start cooking for my brothers and they all watch football every Sunday. They all invite their friends. Believe me, I always go back and watch my first post on IG, uh, which that remind me of how far I have come. Mm-hmm. And my first post was actually 11 years ago. So still, I take that as an achievement. I was going through a lot of things in life in Sweden when I moved to the U.S. I was kind of depressed. And the only thing I looked forward to was being around food. So I would just take off my mind because I was going through divorce and stuff like that. So it was a lot of things in my head. So I wanted just to keep myself busy without thinking anything else. I started cooking and I, I fall in love with food. That is how I started it. But I was a bad cook in the beginning. <laughs> I just have a hard time believing that because... No, you know, my brother, <laughs> my brother, I was in great. But, you know, I fell in love with food. That was my happy place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I say to myself, you know, sometimes in life when you go through a lot of things and you want to have something that it doesn't judge you, it doesn't have a mouse or something. And 
that was food for me. I can do anything to that team will not respond or do anything to me. So I think that gave me a ground to play. Whenever I felt like down, I'll run to the kitchen. I don't care what I was cooking. I'll just do something until that would be days. I'll cook for days, actually. I love that point that you're making about going through a really challenging time in your life and then finding something that is your happy place. And so for you, it was food and cooking. And that that's amazing. Then how did that blossom into this is what I'm doing as my career? Nobody knows about this. At my young age, I had my own restaurant. I had my own business. I have like bakery. I have pastry shop. I have candy shop. I have like two restaurants, food truck. This is I'm talking about like mid in the 90s. So, but I was young, you know, just because I had money, I got into it without no zero knowledge. I did it for five, six years and I couldn't do it anymore. And then that's when start like affecting my marriage. Yeah, you know, you work like I used to work like I will go to work seven o'clock. I'll come home one o'clock in the morning. Imagine I was a very young and managing all that thing without knowledge. And I had a baby and it was a lot. It was a lot. So that's when, like, you know, start getting to divorce. So uh, even though I had a little bit knowing about food work in the industry, I wasn't into it. I really started meditating, like meditating really, really. So to bring out what was in my brain, it worked. So for me, it was an enforcement to myself to remember. I started remembering things how my mom used to chop chicken. I have, nobody have showed me in my life. Except my mom as a child, and you know, I was allowed to watch her tell me you have to do. You know, Yuri knows we, you know, when we butcher chicken, we butcher in a special way. It's not like you get one whole chicken, you have to cut them 12 pieces and get all the part right. So I used to watch her, and like, you know, people will watch and they'll say, oh, this is not right, you didn't get it right. So that was a part of tradition. If you don't know how to cut chicken, they will tell you you cannot find a husband. <laughs> so, no, seriously, you need to, you know, right? The first task I did was to make dorot. I think a holiday was coming. My brothers, I've never cooked, so I made dorot. I chopped it in the right way, but things went bad. It, was, it didn't turn out good, but I didn't give up. I didn't give up. I enjoyed what I was doing, so I never gave up. So I was cooking, and my brothers were the number one fan to me. Even I did wrong, they would say it was good. And they said I would throw salt. They would throw the wheel without missing them, and they still support me. And I think... It's because of them I didn't quit. Because, you know, sometimes you throw your towel because I have a full-time job where, like, you know, when you work in retail, it demands a lot of sales. If you don't sell, you cannot make money. And that was the hassle. You know, I worked for Nordstrom. I worked for different companies that in retail. So I did that for over 15 years. And in between, I will do. Then at the end, you know, I got tired of being working in retail and I wanted to focus on my food. But the problem is, there is a big difference when you're a home cook, when you're a professional cook. And I think sometimes people push you like, just because you can cook, that doesn't mean you can go and open a restaurant. That doesn't mean you can step up in a professional way and work. Yeah, of course you can. But on my way, because I have done it before and I felt I didn't want to do it. So people were like, you know, I stopped being good cook, like, you know, we'll cook. And then, you know, I started improving. People, you should open a restaurant. But I never told my story. Nobody knows. And I never opened a restaurant. So for me, it was like, okay, I had to take these things very serious because, number one, it has helped my depression problem I had. 
number two gives me happiness. I'm very happy when I cook. Not only that, Yodit, I will go in the kitchen to make maybe, let's say, salad. When I go out the kitchen, it's not salad. It will be like a whole table of food with different kinds of dishes. It's not just the food for me. It was an exit out from a lot of problems, from a lot of... As a woman, you know, when you go through divorce and stuff like that, especially back then in my time, it was really a taboo thing. You can't even talk about it, you know, even from family. And then I wasn't married from the same rest as from my own. So it was a little bit problem. But even to move on with my life, you know, to be accepted by the society, and being a woman, a single mom, not only that, the struggle because I left everything in Sweden and I have to move to the U.S. to start from a ground zero. I believe in my work, even if I feel I know how to get up and walk. You have to be ready mentally. For me, I think as a young age, going through depression, going through divorce has made me very strong a stick. But I always said, if that things happen to me now, I don't think I would have been divorced because I have different mentality about life now, how I take things. I think the more you get older, the more you get wiser from your experience. You know, I'm the kind of person when I go through things, I don't compare my problem with anyone. And I'm the kind of person I hold my problem inside of me. I always believe in the only person that can help me. It's me. Nobody else. So I never talk about my problems, what I go through and stuff like that. And then especially like, you know, the field that I'm working on now, it's very cut through. You know, it's a man, man field. And so you have to be strong. You, you mentioned that this is a very um, male dominated space. And so yeah. if you did walk through opposition, what kind of opposition did you walk through? There's always question, question in a sense, if you're in the same field, let's say you work in the kitchen, if there's a man and there's a female, you're in the same level of position. They have more respect for the man and the woman. Food is very cutthroat. Having education is the most important thing that I got. It's not only from school, you know, working in the industry, you learn every day. Um, uh, you know, not even only that, you know, I can even bring up about social media things, uh, you know, uh, you can come to social media, but the support pro- part is the hardest part. You get a lot of lash in the social media, a lot. I get cursed out by my people, by everybody. I don't know why. If I play some music, there's some problem. If I make some food, it's just uh, nothing is good enough. But for me, what I do is I will show you what I love. I don't expect you to love it. If you love food, you'll understand where I'm coming from. Because a lot of time I don't talk when I do my videos, my reels, because my food will not be done talk in one minute and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So usually when I share my videos about my food, I'll put recipe in my feed and the rest I go to them step by step because I'm so untouched to my food. It has a lot of meaning to it. I don't just cook. Everything that I bring into my house, I know where it came from. I do research about food every day. I'm aware of what I'm eating. I'm very like, I mean, I eat healthy food. I don't take medicine. I have not been in a doctor. I don't know how long. I eat whatever I want to eat. I don't go on diet. By doing that, I have a privilege in eating whatever because I can eat meat. I can eat whatever. I know everything where it came from because the FDA here is... Not like the U.S. Everything is traceable. People don't know. Sometimes 
I'm mad when I go in the kitchen, but, but when I cook, I'm so calm. So it's like my safe place. It's my playground. So for me, whatever I do, the content, it's from a love of food. And I grew up in a family where the culture was big. I grew up around Muslims, Christians. So I speak a different language in the household. I can speak three, four different languages. And I grew up in a family where there was always played a song, love song. And I preach about love. If you come to my page, all about I talk about all my songs are meaningful, attached to my food. If I don't know the meaning of the song, I will never, ever play it. Never. So whatever you see on my page, I'm aware of it. I'm proud of it. I know it. It's my passion. Out of 100 people, if I can please two people, I'm happy. Even one. You have said so many wonderful and important things. You said the only one who can help you is you. When did you realize that was true? As a young age, I got married. You know, I had in life everything that I wanted. Name it, houses, cars, money. I had friends around me. But when everything went down, there was nobody around me, you know? The fact that I conquered everything and I'm standing here and did everything, I realized at one point, you on your own, no one. You can scream for help. People will think if they're going to do it or not. So I don't want to give that message to people. If I can do it, I'll do it. If I cannot do it, I'll reach out to help them when I cannot do it. But I try my best to figure out everything on my own power. I'm blessed that, you know, I have a gift. I found out what's my gift. And I love what I do. It's not work. Sometimes I can cook nonstop for hours and hours, and it doesn't feel like hours and hours. And, you know, I love to listen to good music. So when I come into my, to my kitchen, I set up things that I like to see. I would like anything that makes you happy. Uh, because, you know, I work like a slave and I want to live like a king. Sometimes, you know, we forget and take life for granted. And you see people dying left and right, and you would never think you will go there. But now I have that understanding and I live today like it's my last day. Mm-hmm. And you already believe me, even if I say this, if people have made things comfortable for me, or give me a pillow, I would have fall asleep, never wake up. The fact that I have people that enemies, I don't know if I can call them enemies, people that criticize me. Actually, the more you criticize me, the more you trigger to me to do something greater. So now I know how to work around myself. Uh, I don't have that depression no more. I don't have those thoughts. Now, I know that I'm a wonderful woman and I do great things. And and nobody has to tell me. I tell myself that every morning I get up and go. Mm -hmm. I love me. Like, seriously, I love me more than anything. Because if you don't know how to love yourself, I don't think you know how to love people. This platform exists really to empower women. And so I want to ask you, you know, how can we all encourage women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power? You know what's the most important thing for me? Listen. I think sometimes we might hear, but we don't listen. I think there's two difference, hearing and listening. I think if you really listen, like if I come and tell you, no, no, you're listening to me, Yodi. Uh, you're listening to my story. But some people, they hear you, they don't listen. So by listening, people will have more compassion, more feeling if they listen to you. 
And I think it's really important to, as a woman, we support each other no matter what in any circumstance. I try to be uplifting people, but even criticize is good. When you criticize, there's a way of criticizing people. You can criticize people. I, I don't have a problem. You can grow up from there. Nobody's perfect, you know. Uh, I'm still in a work in progress. I learn every day. I, I'm still making a mistake, but we need to listen and do more work. I love that. And an action and action. Listen and action. You said when we started that you've never really shared your story. Um, and so I, I hope never, you're inspired like, well, in, this, in this kind of platform. And so I hope that this inspires you to continue sharing your powerful story. Because oh, like you said, food tells a story. Your food tells a story. And we need to hear more as you're cooking where all that love and passion and creativity comes from. So thank you so much for thank you. Being no, thank you for having me. I'm so happy. I enjoyed and I love you, Yodi. Like it was nice meeting you coming to visit here. Your daughter. Oh my God, your whole family. And I'm so so happy. Thank you for giving me for this platform. I really appreciate you, Yodi. Keep on doing what you're doing. Let's empower women. Thank you very, very much for uh, joining us today for your many inspiring messages and your encouragement for women everywhere uh, through your example, but also through your powerful words. Yodit, thank you so much for doing this podcast with me each time. And we send out big thanks to the co-producer and editor of the Power of Stories podcast, Lisa DeJavine. Hi, is there anything you'd like to say to leave our listeners with? You know, life is too short. We live only once because tomorrow's not guaranteed. And we see people left and right. What's going on in the world? Let's just lift up each other. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for having me. We invite you, our listeners, to visit sayitforward.org and share one or more of your stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories others have shared. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino and Yodit Kifley-Smith signing off for now and hoping you'll join us next time. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll recommend The Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, We want to remind you of the power of your story.